welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today, we have a very special guest. We have someone whom I have known for many years, and Mers is just a legendary real estate professional based here in New York, but known the world over. And you'll find out why once we get into this. Lee, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. So before we jump into the interview, Lee, I know that a lot of the listeners to this podcast, because it is a global luxury podcast in nature, are always interested in New York real estate, what New York is doing. New York is such a brand. Tell me a little bit about how the market is right now and what the state of the market is, in your opinion, here in New York. Okay, well, of course, we're going to uh, absolutely, you know, ignore the situation at the present moment because there is no real estate in New York at this present, you know, time with the coronavirus. So everything is stopped. And as you might know, all the offices are shut. Uh, so that's the day-to-day -day thing. And in, in another couple of weeks, I think everybody will be heading back. The actual state of the market, if we were not dealing with this terrible situation, um, since I deal a lot with international, I find that people in New York, New Yorkers, when you deal with them uh, and developers, I don't think they understand that New York has not, has lost a lot of favor. And we New Yorkers are very proud of our city and we think everybody wants to come to New York. Well, the international interest in New York has really gone down, and I think by more than 50%. And there's reasons for that. Um, I think a lot has to do with the fact that we have, that there have been, there's been a lot of development, and the development has become very expensive. And the developers seem to think that people who are paid to us that $8 million and $10 million and $15 million is fine. And it's, it's not fine, and people don't care for that. And the monthly maintenances in New York are the highest in the world, in the world. And there is a, uh, a, a large townhouse I have in London, and it's 4,000 pounds a year for taxes. Uh, our taxes would be, that would be 4,000 pounds a month, for a, which would be equivalent of, let's say, $5,000 would be, would be uh, on a, the taxes on a two and three bedroom condo. So, you know, our monthlies, and the last thing that has happened, and a lot of people know this, in Asia and in Europe is the fact that the condo packages, when you go to buy a condo, it used to be you show some financial, you give some references, now they become like co-op packages, and international people don't do this. And so for, for me, I think the New York market has, is lagging behind California and Florida and you know, certain parts of Europe. So that's, I'm sorry to sound so down on it. Well, I mean, no, a lot of people know, about that. It, it's great to get your input on it, but also, you know, do you see a lot of this also driven by taxes in New York? Because you see a lot of people that have done 
the exodus to Florida, as you mentioned, in California. And it's really because they have much more favorable tax rates also, especially. Totally. Right? So that's a big part of it. It's a big part of it. And, you know, they, people, international people with Vienna Tears don't really worry much about, you know, the salt tax doesn't, you know, the, the, the tax, that tax part doesn't bother them as much, the deduction. What bothers them is, is that if they have a place that they come to four or five times a year, but they're paying nine, 10, 11, 12,000 a month for it, it they don't like that. Sure. And, uh, and also, they, you know, there's so much, and it is very expensive. Do you know, somehow along the way, what I get a lot from people, especially I had got this in the Mideast, where I, I, I dealt, you know, a, a fair amount with a lot of Dubai investors, is they said to me, where are all the $3 million ones with views? Where are the $4 million? Uh, we don't have a lot of that. And if we did, I think we'd do much better. So... People are looking elsewhere. I'll tell you, every time, anywhere I go, everybody mentions the word London to me. London is where a lot of people want to be. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because the the Brexit situation made uh, London really attractive to a lot of global investors. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of reasons why that market is attractive. And I know that you deal a lot in that market. But before we jump up ourselves. I wanted to ask you, you know, you've had tremendous success, Lee. You've had, um, you've been a mentor to many people. You've been really one of the legends of, of real estate here in New York. And I love the way that you built your business. And we're going to have a few questions on that. But let's start from the beginning. How did you get into this business? <laughs> you know, I was, I was, you know, uh, you know, I always traveled a lot and my husband was in the beauty business and I actually helped him a lot in the business. He had uh, quite a few things that he was involved in, but we had a very good friend who was a senior, one of the founders actually of Sotheby's International Realty when it was founded in 1977. And uh, he is, uh, and you know who he is, you know, it was uh, George Valentine and he literally said, oh, no, you're going to go to Sotheby's. This is what you're going to do. I see you in this job. So I said, fine, absolutely, okay. (laughs) That was it. That's how I got into it. I literally uh, started like that, just through, you know, this person. So, you know, nothing really sexy about how I got into it, but that's it. Well, I think it was. You ran into some incredible circles. You know, I knew uh, your late husband, as you know, and, you know, when you say he was in the beauty business, he actually had quite an empire, and you both did, obviously. And, you know, it was the fact that you ran incredible circles, and you already had these this amazing connections of people. And, listen, if I was George Valentine, I would have tried to get you into real estate also. And <laughs> well, no, well, that was it, it, it's funny how you were you're monitoring what what George had said. He said, "With who you knew, and uh, this is what you should do." So I said, "Fine." I had no idea uh, what even to do, how to even sell real estate. You know, I and what I did was it was very interesting. I uh, walked around the office and I watched people, and I sat by their desks and I watched what they were doing because. At the time, there wasn't even any real system, you know. It was in the 90s, and you just you just did it. 
you know, you just sat and you learned. So that's, that's how I, that is how I started, you know, and, uh, and, um, you know, that's, and then of course, when Sotheby's moved into uh, doing international, it had always had international, but in a very small way, because the auction house owned just a few strategic offices, like in London and in Paris, but and, and, and uh, an attachment in Italy, but that was really all. So when that started to blossom, when the company changed over and they started to uh, do, which of course you're very familiar with, you know, get the different offices, I was sort of like involved right from the beginning with those people who were doing that. So that was a huge help. So, you know, you mentioned Sotheby's and obviously you were there for uh, quite a long time, over 20 years, and yeah. now you're with yeah. Compass and, you know, you have this amazing amount of, you became the advisor to royal families, to business leaders, <laughs> to the world's richest individuals, and you became their go-to person. And so, Lee, you know, you, you said very humbly that you just sat and, and, and you watched other people, but there was a huge trajectory of a jump there to go from watching others to really being that go-to person for royal families when they start looking at their real estate globally. How did you jump into those circles and, you know, build that, that trust and, and how does that work? You know, it's, you know, I'm going to explain something that maybe, you know, when we when, meet people at different parties or in dinners, things where, where people normally meet and uh, brokers are always, you know, uh, getting referrals that way. They meet somebody at dinner, you know, they talk and they say, oh, no, I sell real estate. I literally got friendly with people, but I was very lucky. I also had a wanderlust of, to travel. Um, I was constantly traveling. So when people would say, oh, I'm giving a party in London, or I'm giving a party in, in Marrakesh, I would say, oh, and, and we'd love to have you. I would go. I would literally get on a plane. And I think the key for me, what started me around was the fact that I traveled. So I would go to these people. There's one thing when, as I mentioned, you meet somebody, you give them your card, you say, let's talk sometime, let's keep in touch. That's the normal. But what I would do is they would go, oh, I'm having a party, or let me send you an invitation, and I would actually go. And when you go, and you go out with these people, you make friends with them. So they would tell their friends, so the Marrakesh person told their friends, and they told their friends. So I developed this world friendship of people who, some of them, bought houses, wanted to buy houses, wanted, you know, to talk about the market. When you go out to dinner, you're in Hong Kong, they ask you about the New York market. They ask you about, you know, what you've seen. And so it's slowly, it happens over time. So this happened, Michael, over a period of time, you know, that this built up this reputation of, uh, of, of people. So it was the travel. And this is not, I recognize something that everybody can do because people can't just get up and, and leave, but my children were older. So I just didn't, I, I was able to, and I was very lucky. I had the means to do it. 
So I, I, I don't know if that answers. No, and, and, you know, it goes back to just building relationships, right? And yeah, you yeah. definitely jump on a plane at, at a moment's notice. And, you know, you and I have traveled in a lot of places internationally together, but also I've run into you randomly in many places also where we've randomly been on the same plane, whether it be in Madrid or in, <laughs> or in London or in Hong Kong. And, yes. you know, and we didn't that plan it. That was funny, actually. Yes, yeah, that was funny. We were on the same plane. That was funny. Uh, that that was funny. I actually have to thank Sotheby's for the initial, the 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 uh, initial thing where they saw that I was truly interested, and this was before a lot of the brokers really understood about the Sotheby's International Network, and I understood what each one could mean, and. I was friendly, as you know, with uh, the group who were um, actually uh, meeting and, and, and franchising all these different offices all over, which, as you know, for years, that was the big thing. And I became such a, you know, so, so close with them that they would say, and this was tremendously helpful, we are having a party in Hong Kong and uh, we have talking to a bunch of people and would you go talk to them and say how great Sotheby's is and whatever and I would just go do that well if you're the person doing that well you know you're 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 making you know inroads into all these different uh, families and that was the one thing that um uh Sotheby's was hugely helpful in in my international in my international market and, you know, it is some was one of those things that you start talking about that network, right? And so, yeah. you know, from the very beginning, though, you knew not only how to use the network, but also how to market things to the network. So you were selling New York, but I remember when I was selling Miami, you approached me and you're like, let's go to Hong Kong together and let's sell right. the, let's sell the United States. Let's sell key cities. And you organized, you know, Miami, San Francisco. The group. <laughs> the group. And you sort of yeah. said, let's all get on a plane. And, you know, that Asian consumer, whether he's buying in New York or in Miami or in San Francisco, right. let's right. all that make was, it was, everyone. Yeah. That, How that did that was, work? <laughs> that was the group. You know, I had an idea that yeah. they would be strength in numbers. And so it was one thing if I would go talk to them, but what would happen if Miami came and Los Angeles came and San Francisco, as we all did, and Washington, D.C.? So I had this little core group of people, and there was only a small amount of us, and I'd say, let's go. And we all marched off to Moscow. We all marched off to Hong Kong and to Japan. We did all these things because people would be interested. The, the companies like J.P. Morgan, Goldman, People would be interested if you were coming as a group and saying, we're representing these major cities, instead of just one person going and saying, I represent New York, and they might not have anybody wanting to buy in New York or interested in New York. So we were, it was called strength in numbers, strength in who we were as a group. And that was the traveling. And I have to say that was a lot of fun. That was, and that was great. Back, this was back in 2006, 2007, before the crash. Yes. So this was the heyday. Yes. And so, you know, this is when, uh, you know, Miami's average sales price on was over $5 million, $6 million. So this yes. was a different era. 
And, yeah. you know, and, and that was when you had the, the Russians buying in Miami and you and I had more than one trip to Moscow together. And, you know, it was, it was an exciting time and it was an interesting time because we all did very well with a concept like that. But it was also interesting to me because you mentioned J.P. Morgan and it wasn't just the group meeting with other agents that might have the, 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 the buyers. Oh, no, no, no. We figured out, you know, with, with you as the mastermind, who are the gatekeepers to these people? Who are the financiers, the top attorneys? And not only that, you actually did it with, you know, the general manager of the hotels they all stayed in. The idea right. of this is, <laughs> I want to know. Tell me that. Tell, tell you, I lost your Tell me how you came so, up with that. This is a, this is a whole sort of oh, well, mastermind well, scheme. Know, we were, <laughs> well, you know, the group that we had, the original group, which you were part of, and I mean, we 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 traveled well, and we the we were people who liked people. We were people who went to dinner with people. So this became a more social thing. And what could be more social than real estate? You know, I, there, there, there is nothing more social than that because you gain people's trust. They want right. to talk to you. They want to deal with you. And so we just met more and more people. And as you see, Michael, where the group went on to from there, when the group was disbanded, because everybody went on, uh, a couple of you went all on to corporate, you know, uh, and, uh, Others uh, was very, very successful. San Francisco, one of them was became owner of, you know, one of the owners of D.C. The, the, we did very, very well. But Are you saying you were a good training ground, Lee? Is that what you were saying? Well, we, we trained each, no, we trained each other. We, really we did. We did. Each other. We, we did. We bounced things off each other. And you know what else? We ate well. So we would be on, <laughs> I mean, and, and we would be and catching these planes from Moscow to Thailand. You know, I mean, it was like, and people would. I'd come back to the office, and people go, "Where were you? Why were we doing that?" And I have to say that, uh, as as an aside, the management was not that thrilled with us. One would think that they would all be thrilled with this, but they weren't because we were sort of like doing something different that was a little bit powerful. And I think it frightened a few hierarchy, a little bit of the hierarchy up when we were doing it at that time, as you said, about that time, 2006, 2007, 2008. Yeah. And one of our members who is now a manager at Compass for a Compass's office, he got in such trouble. He was a Sotheby's with Sotheby's like me and we would have to face the music half the time because <laughs> at the time in the day and age of teams like we have now, there were no teams at that time. Nobody knew uh, about being a team and we, were, we didn't call ourselves a team, we called ourselves a group. Right. Uh, but we were actually, I think, amongst the first true team. Uh, as well, within, within, at least within the Sotheby's brand, not, you know, not, not in the traditional sense of teams, if you will, but really like a networking group, if you will, because he was, the, he was sort of you know, five or six really powerful agents from around the United States that would travel in unison, and we would travel internationally together. And it's still a concept that I think is, um, is unique. Start, you know, not in the pure sense of what teens are, but if you start looking at five or six of your colleagues, say, 
within your association that you are complementary in and you decide all of you to get together and go and, and target that same individual prospect that to me is still an interesting and novel idea it, it, it wasn't it was an interesting novel idea and it also I think taught us all a lot and gave us a little bit of background at that time to understand I think the world you know to understand with sure. with the you know the talking it was it was a very it was a very good thing but everybody then went on to their different things and the group slowly disbanded and um uh but by that time I had a really big international network uh and yes. so there are there are there so I became established. It used to be funny because when I would go to the conferences that we would have, you know, so that we would give the uh, the conference uh, every year or two, they I would have my little band on with my name, and they would come up and go, "Oh, you're only Summers. You're the lady who travels." And I said, right, myself, right. Oh, God, <laughs> I said, How? you became a brand within the brand. A brand. I think I think what I, I just like to say one more thing and I think what it is is but it was hard because afterwards everybody expected people always expected uh, that uh, if I can inject a little story you know so they're very good about having these little events and they used to give a Russian event every year in November in London uh, and invite everybody over to this. So one year, a group of Sotheby's brokers, you know, went and they bought brochures, but this was an auction event. This was not a real estate event. So they were just giving the, the real estate people an advantage of meeting these, you know, wonderful buyers of, you know, at the auction. And the Sotheby's brokers came back, a lot of them, and said, I'm never doing this again because nobody bought anything. Like, they expected people to buy something. And that's not how it works. You know, you don't go to something and say, I'm a broker, you know, New York, I have this great apartment, here's the brochure, and buy it. This is not how it works. Well, and, do you remember, um, Lee, at that event, because we were both there, <laughs> at that event, you and I left. And you and I left because we knew these clients already from years past. Right. The other brokers came in with brochures. Imagine this to, to what is, I know exactly the story you're going to tell. These are one of the wealthiest people in the world. And we were coming in and we had already established, you know, great relationships at the auction house and things like that. And, you know, then when they were opening up this event to, to other agents that did not know how to interact with this clientele, it, it not only did not get the, the, um, the, the result they expected, but it actually hurt the relationship that we had built already. Oh, absolutely. I think it hurt the relationship that uh, the auction house in London, which was all powerful. You know, the, right. the auction house in London is, is the big daddy. And that, <laughs> and they said, who are these people that came in shoving brochures in right. people's faces? Right. So that was, that was, you know, so, so the point of this whole story is the fact is that it's all about relationships. You just absolutely. don't become 
national by just saying I'm going to go to a uh, open to a party, let's say, you know, like the best person, the people who do the best parties are uh, the Sotheby's uh, Italian group, Ludovico, who, you know, they do wonderful parties and people felt they'll go over there and they'll get a bunch of clients and it's not how it works. It's, it's relationships. It's building relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Lee, you know, you've lived in London, you lived in Ibiza, you've traveled the world. Obviously, global was really your focus. Was it always that way? Did you always from the start say back to when George Ballantyne said, Lee Summers, you should be in real estate? Back then, was it always a focus of international and global for your clientele? And no, you know, at the beginning, uh, I didn't, was, it was like a normal thing. I would go and I would realize there were a lot of good brokers and I learned the business and I did well. I, I, I did well and I did, but I was always leaving. You know, I was always saying I have to leave uh, because I'm, 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 I'm going to Europe or something like that or I'm going to spend the summer in Ibiza. So I would always get these people to work with me and... I realized, no, it, was, it happened over a period of time, I think, that I realized that I was more global, that I had more to offer to, in, in the, my real estate world by bringing in the people that I knew from my travels abroad. If I was leaving every two or three months and everybody kept saying to me, where are you going now? How can you do this? Where, why are you, you know, and somebody would say, uh, in fact, once you were a, ho- uh, a host of a conference that we did in Florida, and uh, and you would kindly ask me to, you know, be on the 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 uh, the dais with you to, you know, uh, on the panel. Was, you remember that one in, in my, that one in that little place yes. in Everglades or something like that. Yes, yes. So anyway, yes, and they and I had asked them. I remember asking the audience, and I said, you know. Where did you all go away this summer? Did you all go on a trip? And, you know, when they raised their hands and I said, did you stop in the Sotheby's offices where you were? And nobody raised their hands, you know, that people didn't really know how to do it, you know, and I enjoyed that part. I would truck, truck right over, you know, to wherever, whatever country I was in, if there was a Sotheby's office and if there wasn't, I would go to another office. I would go to another real estate office and I'd make friends. So I think I just did this because I liked it and I felt comfortable. This was a comfort zone for me. And you built a global network from it. And it's just extraordinary to see what you did build. And, you know, I have an interesting question for you. You were with Sotheby's for over two decades um, and you built a great career based on that network. But now you've left to Compass and you uh, built your team differently now. And Mm. I think it's really interesting with different associates around the world to serve your clients' needs. Tell me what now and how that was different and what you came from and the knowledge you had to building what you did now, because I think you've done something very unique yet again. This is, this is actually, what I'm doing now is, is different. It's, it's, it's the same in this sort of like, you know, the feeling, but it's diff- very different. What happened was, is I felt after so many years at Sotheby's that it was time, uh, I, I, Compass was 
offering certain things to me that I felt was uh, going to be helpful. And eventually they're going to be international. And I was a little worried at the beginning because they said, we will be international and you will be doing it, but we do not have the plans to go ahead and do that now. So you are going, we're going to give you all the help we can. We're going to give you people to help you and whatever, and you create your world of what you want to do. And we're going to put no restrictions on you, which was, uh, it's a private company. So they were able to do that. No restrictions. Uh, at Sotheby's, you know, it's a public company and they had to watch. So therefore, I said to myself, okay, Lee, let's see what you can do. What is your idea? And one of the ideas I had, and I've had this on my mind for a long time, is the fact is I have all these contacts. Well, I know all these top people all over brokers, and they have clients lists. Everybody has clients lists. So my concept was you sit at a dinner party. Somebody says to you the inevitable question, um, what do you do on real estate? Oh, I love real estate. I always wanted an apartment in Paris. And what would happen if you turned to that person and say, oh, I can get you an apartment in Paris if you ever want one. And they go, you sell Paris? Oh, yes, I sell Paris. You sell Madrid? I sell Madrid. Yes, I do. I sell Milan. I, I do all that. Combining marketing, combining contact lists, okay, which is not just sitting and waiting for referrals. Because you could sit and wait for a referral and turn pink. You are not, you might not get a referral. Uh, but what you can do is utilize the social media, which is very important, the social media, and create a group. So the, the some, over a period of months, the Summers Global team started. And I started to add, go and fly and interview these brokers that I knew and I heard of or I was introduced to. And there were certain people that I knew, like I knew who I wanted for the Paris office. I knew who I wanted for the UK office. But, and I knew Arena in Moscow. And I flew to all these people and we sat down and we talked and we had a vision. And I told them what I wanted. And I said, I'm creating a team. And this team is going to be on WhatsApp every week. We are going to be connected in every way. We are going to refer each other. We're going to be talking to each other constantly. And we're going to tell our contacts that we are, and we're going to use each other's um, properties on our social media. So what happens now is my Miami person gives me her beautiful properties and I have my Paris person put it on there their website and their homepage. So everybody, our properties all around. Well, this turned out to be interesting because one of the things when you're a broker is you pitch uh, and you're competing against other great brokers. But you, one of my people called me, Fort Lauderdale, and he said to me, I just went to a pitch for something for $20 million and I showed them the team picture and that their property would be on the UK side and the Paris side, and I got it. And she told the others not even to come. So I realized how powerful it could be. And we started going heavier and heavier into this. We're now up to 18 people. And I just had a conversation with Tel Aviv. I'm going to be flying to Tel Aviv when everything is all, when we're all well again, probably the end of the summer, and take on places, Tel Aviv, and take on Toronto, and then eventually go into Asia. But what is really, 
really exciting is the fact that one of my people who was a compass person here and moved to Madrid because his wife's a diplomat, he's Spanish, he um, started to do some work using the Summers Global Team name. And he is making deals as a Summers Global Team and going to be off, opening up in Madrid. So I think the Summers Global Team is going to have his own office there, which has nothing to do with Compass because Compass is not there yet. And when Compass goes into Europe, they can, you know, uh, we'll see what they do with that office. That's so extraordinary. I'm doing something else. I'm doing something different. I love that. And so you're still staying very global. You are reinventing the way that you're doing it and you're creating your brand yet again. What you're doing and what you're continuing to do with what is your global Rolodex that you've had for such a long time. It's and, and this has given me the leeway because these people, um, I'll give you one example so that you, you see where the picture is. Irina is in Moscow and St. Petersburg. She was hosting a party on Friday for girlfriends in Moscow. So I said to her, why don't you, I send you the Waldorf Astoria, which is a beautiful, you know, is the sure. Waldorf Astoria and it's being transformed into condos. And I said, let me send you. And she gave a party and she produced it there. And some people were interested in it. So you see what I'm talking about. The world is small. Absolutely. And this, is, and this is so so I've changed the way. So the Summers Global team is doing something different. And um, it's I'm, uh, I don't know. It's given me new pep, Michael. New pep. I love it. I love it. So you with your new pep, as you look back, tell me the greatest lesson you've ever learned in your career. <laughs> oh, Michael, the greatest. Lesson oh, Lee. I ever <laughs> <laughs> the greatest lesson I ever learned. Uh, uh, that's that, that's that's very that's very hard. I mean, it's uh, well. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you what. You know what's a good lesson? What I learned is a lot of people that I've met along the way and still meet. Some of them are assistants. Some of them are, you know, uh, like at the. Uh, like at, I'm very friendly with a, ge a general manager of uh, a hotel in Hong Kong, who's now becoming general manager of a house of the big hotel, the Mandarin in Marrakesh. She, I met him when he was like three rungs down as an assistant, and I went to dinner with him and I talked to him. People, it's the thing is, know who's coming up. No, yes. the lesson I learned: be nice to everybody, be friends, because they're your next CEO. That's a great lesson. I love that one. I love it's, that one. You know, it's, it's, you know, you, when you can, you, you sort of, did you ever meet people and say, wow, that person's terrific. He's going to, you know, be something, you know, a, a nice young person with a lot of personality. So you become friendly with them. They usually are on the way up. And that is, uh, you know, so I think you know, it's not a lesson learned, but it's something that I. It is a lesson I, learned. I, I, it I, is a lesson you know, I'll tell you a great story that reminds me of that when, when you were just talking. I remember being in Tortola in the British Virgin Islands a few years ago with the Sotheby's owner there. And we were touring the island and there was something that, uh, that happened. We were in the, a, um, in the car rental place and there was some confusion with the rental and, you know, there was uh, a little bit of chaotic situation. And our um, owner was dealing with this woman and this woman was just 
magical. She made this like ridiculously chaotic situation so pleasant. And as we got in the car, I said to the owner of, of the of the Sotheby's franchise, I said, she would make a great agent. And she just laughed it off. And I said, I'm being really serious. You should go back and talk to that woman when you return the car. And she did. And she had a conversation with her. She had lunch with her. Do you know that that woman became her top agent? Really? <laughs> It was it was one of those things where, you know, she had such people skills and it was like, why are you working for Avis? You know what I mean? It's like yes, you should be right. selling multi-million dollar homes. And well, she's well, that is a, that's a great story because that, you know, but it goes it goes to show you and I, Michael. I mean, you and I, if everybody wants to know how we met, you know, in, in, uh, we were both brokers uh, at Sotheby's, you in Miami, me in New York, right? And yes. we bonded over quite a few martinis together and uh, created our relationship, which has been, we've been very close for many years. Indeed. Well over a decade. I mean, it's really, uh, it's amazing what martinis at the Mandarin will do for you. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, Lee, you know, you have uh, two wonderful children that I know, and uh, your daughter is actually now working with you, and yes. she was incredibly successful in another field completely. And um, I remember she used to uh, produce all of the Emmy parties, right? Uh, exactly. I went with you one year. Oh my gosh, yeah. it was extraordinary. And so she created these amazing parties and then she worked for Oprah for many years and yeah. now she's working for Lee Summers. And so yeah. <laughs> was this, this six, maybe I should be interviewing her. Who was tougher, Oprah or Lee Summers? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, was this your succession plan in having Lisa join your team and really, you know, you, you've built an amazing business, an amazing empire over the last, you know, few decades. So how do you do, is, was this your idea of bringing Lisa in at this point? You know, it's funny because uh, she had come over to Sotheby. She had moved back to New York. So all of her, the work that she was doing was in California and she didn't want to live there anymore. She wanted to be back in New York. And uh, so... When she, she always loved real estate, designing real estate, things like that. But she has all of these skills and her skills are skills I do not have. And when she, she was at Sotheby's for a little while learning the business and then she came over to Compass with me and went on, I said, go on another team and learn the Compass skills because they're very much a technology company. And my skill is not technology. I'm, and my skill is not social media. I am. I'm a people person. So she is great at that. So she learned what she had to learn and then came over to my team. And literally, she has done to me like she did for the Emmy party, Michael. She has organized, she organizes. Because with the 18 brokers, she has them all, you know, we have this and the functions. Plus, she's a very, she's getting quite successful on her own with you know, selling, buying and selling. And I'm also able to travel more and have Lisa really handle some of the high end people that I, that I have. So this has been a win-win for me. 
with Lisa. I love that story. And, you know, and Lisa is so incredibly personable and, you know, she's so great. And, you know, you and Lisa came to my to my 50th birthday party in Argentina. We had a great time. <laughs> it was really so much fun. And, you know, and, and Lisa has always been so kind to me and we have our great friendship also. And I love the fact that this has worked so seamlessly for you and really just continuing to build what you've already built. So it's a beautiful thing to see and witness. That's very nice of you to say. Thank you. Yeah. So I have a question for you. If you weren't selling real estate, what would Lee Summers be doing? I don't know. You know, I've been doing this for such a, a long time. I think I, I probably would be living in different places. You know, you can't go live in different places. You know, I would go live in Madrid. I would love to live in Madrid and London for, you know, a few months of the year. You know, I absolutely love it. Love those two cities. But, you know, you can't now because you, you are responsible. You're, you're working. You can't do those things. So that's what I would be doing as far as another job, if, if you were thinking in that, you know, track. Yes. I don't think, no, no, that, I, I can't think of, uh, of this is it. no, no. <laughs> No, so, I think so. And you see, and you notice that it still involves traveling. So yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> the real estate has the one advantage that it gave gave me. It's actually a fabulous job because it gives you a chance to travel, and that's a lot that I have to thank on Sotheby's for that because they were the only ones with the international network. Nobody else had it. You know, uh, some of the other firms you know, thought they had it, but as you and I know, they did not have it. Sure. We, you know, Sotheby's had it. So that was, you know, a shout out on a thank you on that because it was, um, uh, as that grew, I grew with it. As they took on each uh, country with the team that they had, I got familiar with each one. Uh, so I was always part of that, you know, uh, a thing when they were doing, I remember being in these negotiations with one of the people, a mutual friend of ours who was doing, you know, with the Italy and we were in Beijing. I mean, it's all to, to people who are listening to that. They say, what is she talking about? Talking about <laughs> Italy while in Beijing and, you know, and it was all perfectly natural. But you should know that because there is nobody that travels like you. You are the master. <laughs> you are the king, the king. I am feeling great withdrawals not being on a plane for the last few uh, weeks. Yeah, I thought about that. Yes. <laughs> so, Lee, I have one final question for you, and it's a question that I like to ask a lot of my guests here on my podcast. And so the question is, what's the legacy you'd like to leave behind? Oh, the legacy that... Uh, well, how about, you know, uh, she was a terrific broker and a great person. That's a great legacy. And I think you've already reached that. Well, you know, you try, you know, I think it all boils down to, for me, not everybody might be um, that much of a people person. Some people are a little bit more, you know, introverted or handle their life in their, you know, everybody handles their life in their own way. But I've always been a people person. Put me in a group gathering and I like it. Put me at a dinner party. I like it. I like talking to people. I like, you know, extending relationships. And I think 
the real estate has allowed me to do that because where else can you do that? I think if you were maybe a designer or something like that, but basically it's given me a key, a key to do those, to do that. So I actually have been lucky, you know, in that respect. I love that, Lee. And Lee, thank you for the time today. Thank you for the conversation. It's always great just to catch up with you. I know that we always speak often and we try to see each other for dinner as much as possible, but it's always fun just to have a conversation with you. And I thank you for the time today. It was really a lot of fun. Well, thank you very much for having me and um, uh, take care. Bye-bye. And thank you for all of you for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with your host, Michael Valdez. Thank you very much.